that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course the tote all the way through the national hunt season. I'm delighted to say Dermot Nolan is here. Hello Dino, how are you buddy? Yeah, good, good. Recovered from way too much of your company over the last couple of days. This is the real eight week window Dean, where you and I see each other far too often. And then we have about three weeks after where we just don't don't darken each other's door at all. So it's, yeah, we're right yeah, in the middle of it now, did- yeah. The DRF is kind of like a precursor to what's <laughs> about to absolutely ruin my life. It went all right. It went all right. So, yeah, no. Oh, yeah, we were okay. Not a bad start. Okay. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We survived. Um, thankfully, you're not the only person on this podcast this week, which is great. <laughs> always good. Um, always good. Yeah, yeah it's, it's good to know. Um, and yeah, I'm delighted to say Don McLean is back. Don, how are you? Good, thanks, Dean. Yeah, all good. I actually saw you in the distance there on Saturday, the two of you in the parade. There were, there were too many people between me and you to try and get to you, so I left you. That's, I left that's you. fair. You look busy. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, we did. We were not busy, but that's that fair. Um, we were pretending to blend in. You know? That's what me and Dermot do. We go in the parade ring and just kind of like nod at people, like, "Yeah, yeah, we, we're supposed to be here." Like, well, I, I was, I was chained to the to the stand, so yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't go anywhere. So yeah, that's right. That's all right, Don. If you'd have come over, I would have told you several horses' names that proceeded not to win. So that would have been. I was, I was well able to those on my own, Dean. It didn't need your help for those ones. That was a tough week. It was a tough, it was a tough couple of days. Um, all right. Well, you know, we have got someone on the podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to say it's here because those who would have been listening to my dulcet tones, if you want to call them that, for some time, we remember Racing FM, and uh, we used to have a show on there called Talk and Horses, which was actually not one of my brainchilds. It was it was all from the team of Slippers Madden, Nile Cronin, and Dara Okahor. And Dara has joined us on Race Hour. Dara, how are you? I'm brilliant, Dean, and all the better for making my debut on this podcast. Uh, thanks a million for the invite. Um, blessed am I amongst spiritual holy people. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not what I thought you'd say, Darren. <laughs> well, I couldn't say women. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> no, um, no, it's great to have you back. I used to love doing that Talking Horses show with the gang. There. I did actually see um, Slippers in the ring at the DRF. I think he was doing a bit of work. Um, for one of the TV channels. Obviously, I was there, so I didn't see him on the box, but good to see uh, Slippers in the round. Of course, now Cronin's gone on to better things with um, HRI, and he's all part of all that setup now. So uh, things are all looking up. It's great to have you on here. Um, Dara, we're going to spend some time over the next hour uh, just looking back at the DRF with, of course, a focus on the Cheltenham Festival, which makes sense. Um, we're going to split the pod into a couple of pieces, novice headless, novice chasers. Then after that, we'll do... Uh, what does the Gold Cup look like now that we've seen Galloping the Champs in all his mercy? And uh, and the champion hurdle is a bit of a shake-up. There's been shake-ups across all the markets, which has been absolutely brilliant, um, depending which way your anti-post slips look, of course. Why don't we kick off with the novice hurdlers? Um, what are our thoughts now on the Supreme after Facil Vega uh, was beaten? Too bad to be true, Dermo. Too bad to be true, surely. What happened? It was incredible, wasn't it? But the, the first thing to note really is just that the Willie Mullins yard is, is, is such a behemoth now, isn't it? Like, as in, they 3-1 to one on, 4-1 to one on, and 9-4 to four on favourites beaten last weekend. And um, But it, in all of those races, and at 11-8 favourite, and in all of those races, uh, he, he still won them. Um, so it's uh, he had a bad weekend, but a good weekend. Um, it, it was a phenomenal 
it was a phenomenal mishap, really. Paul Paul Townend, in my opinion, is the best jockey there is around. Uh, he showed that on carefully selected and umpteen times this season. Just him and JJ Slevin got each other lit up, and um, it went seriously wrong. Fasal Vegas still, though, kind of cut out as well. So there, there seems to be two school of thoughts around. One is that Paul Townend just made a massive boo-boo. And the second one is is the people who never really believed in Fasal Vega who are saying now that the horse isn't as good as we all thought. I think it's kind of between the boat. It was a bad ride, but he also cut out quite quickly. Um, I'm not sure myself whether William Mullins' horses kind of get to dominate races for so long. Do they get a bit of a fright then when something gets to them? Um, albeit he didn't show that. At Christmas, it was a real head scratch of right. I think Elite Tom's not getting the praise that he deserves either, Dean, at all. Uh, he had to pick up off that pace. That was monstrous. But my Marine National ticket's looking quite good, Dean, because I definitely could not be back in Fasal Vega now after that anyway. It has to have left some bit of a mark. So my Marine National bet is looking a whole lot better. Demo, I had nine to four Fasal Vega in a multi for Chelton thinking I was the cleverest cat on the road. <laughs> <laughs> he still he still is, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> The value is gone, really, isn't it? Yeah, uh, the value's back. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. In my slips, dead as a dodo. I look like an absolute plonker. And there's some people waving around four to six. I don't know. Uh, like, you know, the anti-post game is tough, but it's tough when you get a result like that. Don, I'm going to come to you because, like, you know, the clock boys are all over this in terms of if you if you do a little bit of jiggery-pokery and put the races next to each other, I think Fasal Vega's only four lengths behind State Man. That's a massive run, but it's not a massive run, is it? Everything kind of uh, went to went to pot for Paul Townend, and these things can happen. He's been used to getting freebies. Yeah, like it's it was fascinating, wasn't it? Even watching it live, you kind of thought they were going quite quickly, and I suppose we were robbed of another aspect of it when High Definition lost JJ Slevin. It's a pity because if he'd stood up, it would have been very interesting to see how well he would have kept on. But yeah. speaking of jiggery-pokery, I did some hand timings earlier on and the novices, so Facil Vega got to the fifth flight, sorry, from the first flight. So if you you can time up front, like in jumps races, you can do hand, like they're just rough estimates. You can do hand timings from obstacle to obstacle. They got from landing over the first flight to landing over the fifth flight almost four seconds faster than they did in the Irish champion hurdle. So for novices to go that much quicker than the champion hurdlers, it, it, it does tell you that they did go quickly. Now, I agree with Dermot, though. Like Fasil Vega, you would have expected him to keep going for longer than he did. I'm not sure it was only down to an aggressive ride. I think it, he just wasn't himself. Like He, he, was, he was a beaten horse at the second last flight. So I, I don't know whether it's an off day or whether he he's 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 not as good as he looked beforehand, I'd be kind of inclined to think that it was an off day that he had. So I I wouldn't give up on him, but um, he definitely has like you know he he won his four bumpers last year, the champion bumpers at Pontchartrain and Cheltenham. He looked really good in his two runs so far this season before Sunday. So yeah, of course he can't give up on him, but I ju- I just think there are a couple of things conspired against him. But I I wouldn't put it all down to to an aggressive ride. I think. He probably like he the, the 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 degree to which he cut out, and the speed at which he cut out. I I don't think that was only down to an aggressive ride. But no, I, I'm with Jeremy on Marine National. Like he was, um, yeah, he he was standing in his box, and he's the one who was the the beneficiary or the the horse who was, I suppose, his his chance of winning a supreme novice's hurdle were enhanced. But it also means that, you know, you're, when you're looking at the Willie Mullins novice hurdlers and seeing where they're going to go, it was like. 
you know, your 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 sweeper or your centre midfielder was Fasil Vega in the Supreme Novices hurdle. That was assured. But now, if he a, if he's not as good as as it looked like he was, like he's he's out to what three to one, seven to two now in places. So he's not the like you were thinking. He'll go in the Supreme, and then Willie will run one or two others with him as a kind of a reassurance. But now, does that mean Ampere pass? Well, you know, does that mean he might go in the Supreme instead of going in the Ballymore Gaelic Warrior? Who knows where he's going to go? Ilete Tom, I, I fully agree with Dermot on him as well. I think he, he's not getting the credit that he was due. He was a an emphatic winner in the end, and he's a second season novice. He's got lots of experience for a novice, so he's a player as well. But I, I think it makes the Supreme Novices hurdle even more interesting than it was. Oh, it absolutely does that because now you take a view and you can get a price attached to your view, whereas before you could take the easy R sides that the race Facil Vega wins. Don't need to think about it. Now you've got to think about it deeply. Dara, I mean, Facil Vega was already anointed, really, as in this was going to be a good race and good horses against it, but it uh, should be able to kick them away and was kind of ridden like that. Willie Mullins said afterwards that, you know, maybe we'll have to start riding Facil Vega like a racehorse instead of a machine, which I thought was pretty harsh considering what he was aboard. We all thought Facil Vega was a machine, Dara. Well, yeah, a lot of people did, um, Dean, but I guess, like, I think he was that price nearly on his bumper form um, while he was good at Christmas beating Elete Tom, but... That was the feeling, you know. And then when you look at the champion bumper form and it hasn't really translated magnificently this year. And then you look at the champion bumper generally and have too many champions really come out of the champion bumper long term. Not really. Um, But as you say, if you take a view and you're happy to forgive him, and I'm always one to forgive Aaron. Um, suddenly you're thinking you could be getting the greatest opportunity of all time, eh, presuming Willie Mullins can get him turned up um, fresh, uh, freshened from this. And and five weeks, really, I know a lot of people say, but five weeks he should. He had a hard race. But I, I, I tend to agree with Don because he like he cut out, he nearly stopped. Uh, he nearly stopped. Uh, like Irish Point was completely run off his feet and was out the back nowhere near, and he even got past him in the end it's um it, it 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 was alarming and we were robbed because high definition didn't stay we we don't have context and uh that would have given us complete context but it was another you know masterful ride by um Danny Mullins again who had a brilliant weekend and is just doing it non-stop now um it, it some people were surprised by the criticism of Paul Townend but um he'd gotten it already from Willie with lossy mouth earlier, and um, Willie has done it before. Did it to Ruby after Faheen, I think um, after Morgiana. Um, this is high performance sport, and um, it's very interesting actually in that context. What he said about Paul's uh, tactics on Statement in the Irish Champion Hurdle. So, so this was after that, and Paul came in and said, "I'm going to go in the front," and Willie says, "You, you work away if you think that's right." So, so that tells you what you need to know, not the criticism. At high performance sport, they're there to win, and if they make mistakes, um, it, it it'll be said the managers don't always criticise their players, but sometimes they do. And uh, Paul Town yeah. came out and gave uh, Stateman a peach, in the Irish champion hurdle, and I think, I think he has ninety nine grade one wins, and he's won off the ton, and there's only one man has written more than that, and uh, that's his predecessor. So I think he's 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 going along not too bad. 
Yeah. And you can't be in that high performance environment that often and not make mistakes. It's just not possible. And, you know, we can put this down to mistake. Maybe the horse had a slight off day. What are you taking forward into the Supreme, Dara? What's your view on the race now with, you know, very limited evidence still to come? This is we've pretty much seen them all. Yeah, yeah, we have. Um, I, I'd really love to see Imperia Pass show up, um, and I'm not sure that he will. A, a lot probably depends on what Gaelic Warrior will go. He was really impressive. That was that was really impressive. Um, to, to I thought, um, in the handicap, um, but he will probably go to the Ballymore. I just like I think it's like Marine National again. The the Royal Bond he. He, he caught Irish Point, and I don't think Irish Point is really a two-miler. I, I, I'm not sold on Marine National, but then Barry Connell is turning out uh, to be a pretty top-notch trainer, isn't he? Um, he should have taken the licence himself a long time ago. Um, it's 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 one that I am now confused about, because you, you, should we be just saying Elite Tomp is the one now? Uh, I, have to, uh, I, have to, I have to have a think about it, but I would love to see Imperi Pass show up. Yeah, fair enough. Absolutely fair. Um, I mean, you mentioned Barry Connell there. I mean, Donna was going to come to you. This man doesn't train losers, does he? He's he's having some run. No, he's having a a ridiculously good run, Dean. Um, And like, he he doesn't run that many horses, but the horses that he runs, like his strike rate is phenomenal, really, this season so Mm -hmm. far. And I know we're going to come on to Goodland later on, but even like, I remember Slane Hill winning, didn't, I think, Ben Harvey wrote his first winner as a professional on Slane Hill back at Nace. Like the way his campaign in Marine Nacional, like phenomenal. And to, he was like Marine Nacional was busy and then going to run him in the Royal Bond. He wins the Royal Bond. You've got the whole season stretching out in front of you. And he goes, no, we'll put him away now. He's been busy. We'll bring him back for the Supreme. And good, yeah. good land. He didn't even enter in the Albert Bartlett. Like, and, and Nathaniel Lacey hurdle winner who isn't entered in the Albert Bartlett. And he told us why. He says he's just got so much pace. There's no no problem dropping back and trip to a Ballymore trip. So, look, he's he's a he's a very very clever man, Barry Connell, and he's had horses with all the top trainers. Sure, he's ridden himself, and you know I I, I know he was late coming to riding, but that that can't be a liability. That must be an asset. He's ridden bumper winners. He's ridden winners at Cheltenham, and to come on and putting it all together, and he's got Roger Lockhorn and Garrett Cotter down there with him as well. He's got the find of the season, if not of many a season, in Michael O'Sullivan, like a. a, a very intelligent young rider who just doesn't seem to make a mistake so he's got a recipe for huge success down there yeah he sure has i mean demo you 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 talked to me before on this podcast and obviously um when we're just chatting away about racing in 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 general barry connell and and jockeys i mean he has he has unearthed a gem he did unleash goodland here without an albert butler entry to go and win the nathaniel lacy he is training like an owner isn't he I like this jockey. I want to go and win this race. And he's not listening to outside forces as an owner is often subjected to with horses in, in yards. It's like, we might earn him for this. We might earn him for that. Barry Connell knows exactly where he's going. Yeah. And this, this performance deserves to be marked up massively. I mean, Goodland was going from, from, you know, near enough to the front and then led, uh, like he was very prominent throughout. He de Paris, and we've all been caught up there with him. They absolutely folded, as in that. that mm. That's one thing that that 
Don and Dara have mentioned as well about uh, Basel Vega. A few of Willies folded um, this weekend as well. Just didn't quite uh, hit hit their top pitch. So it is hard to know whether team because Keita Parry went from travelling very well. Now we know he's got no back form. We don't really know how how good he is. But he was back like we were about to watch the replay, um, and he didn't seem to kind of get there. But Goodlands performance can be marked up as well because we've all been caught in Keita Parry just cut out that badly after after going the the pace with him. He quickened away from them. Um, the second has got a mark now of 138. If they can get one more run into him, I think absolute, um, absolute notions there will be very interesting dealing in a handicap at the festival. But Goodland, um, just a really good performance. You can see him quickening away. Him against Hermes Allen, that's another crack of a race, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely is, and there's no doubt about there's no there's no bingo involved there. That's where they're going to go. Uh, you mentioned the the second in that race. I wanted to throw that out to to Dara and Don. I might come to Dara first. Talk about Goodland. Um, it was an impressive performance. It went off favourite in what was a very strong Nathaniel Lacey, we thought, and uh, and did it pretty comfortably. Just backing up what what it already showed at the trap beforehand. Absolute notions in second, as Dermo mentioned, might be one for a handicap. Looks like an absolute nailed on good thing, I think, to run in the Martin Pike now after that mark. Uh, we've got plenty more clues there, Dara. What did you make of it? Yeah, no, and that's exactly it because Dermo has said a lot of it there. Um, initially, I was like, oh, am I ecstatic that Absolute Notions was that, you know, was in second? But it's because of the, the, the way the race was run and that Goodland was the one that was in the firing line and everything else that was up at the pace couldn't go and he didn't just go, he went off of that so that, that's just monster impressive and really you probably think over two and a half at Cheltenham that's you know that's ideal because he will be absolutely galloping all the way um and and he can be ridden like that um it's just another but Michael O'Sullivan he doesn't just ride well and you need to have the horses he seems to make so many of these right decisions as 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 regard that and, and you know not so long ago he was riding predominantly in point to points it's um it, it's phenomenal stuff um an actual an actual run that I thought wasn't bad for the Ballymore uh, came in the, the two-mile race was actually in the pocket, um, uh, staying on really well. And, uh, I, you know, I think they probably decided to come back and have a look, even though they, they probably should have gone with their gut instinct. He is a really strong traveller. Um, Rachel would have said she, she hit the front um, way too early the last day. She was nearly caught by Tricard Bragg. Um, and really, that was the issue. It wasn't that he didn't stay. You could see he, while while at at a, at a good remove from Elite Tommy, he really galloped on up the straight at Leberstown, and I think he 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 could run a really big race in a, in a Ballymore. To be honest with you, but just another thing we were talking about this the pace in some of those races, and some of them were run at a real clip from from the first race onwards. Um, I, I would like to say that the grounds crew, because they've gotten a lot of criticism over, they did a phenomenal job to, to have safe ground there. I mean, with no rain, um, but it was yielding ground and it'll probably be slower. It'll certainly be slower ground at the start of Cheltenham. And I wonder, did some horses not enjoy that as much, just that it would be as quick as any ground they would run over jumps in Ireland? Yeah, it's a good point because if that meeting had been anything but a Dublin racing festival. We might have got plenty of runners there, given that the, the ground was as quick as it was. That's realistic, isn't it? 
Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, but I, and like I'm saying that not being critical of Larkin Weir and, and the ground staff. They put 50 mils of water on. It was, and I was did speak course, to some yeah. of the jockeys, uh, and early on they were saying it. You know, it was sort of the dead side of good. But you know, officially it's it's yielding. We don't like Cheltenham will not start on Tuesday at anything quicker than good to soft. Is you know they they, they have erred on that side for the last what five, six, seven years. Um, so I just wonder it's sort of particularly with the novices and that when you're trying to piece together trying to find bits of information trying to find some excuses or reasons which are different things um that just may be a factor and that's why with some of the form particularly the novice form you know it's just something that's in my mind uh, as i get close to the Cheltenham. yeah yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, Dara makes a good point there, Don. Some of this form might be a little bit tricky to replicate on what we know at Cheltenham isn't going to come up anything like that quick, certainly on day one. And then the, then it's in the lap of the weather gods after that. Yeah, I, but, I, you know, I tend to work on on um, the assumption of kind of good to soft ground at Cheltenham. Like, definitely not soft ground. I know we had soft ground last year when it rained on, on Wednesday. Wasn't it Wednesday? It was Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday was... Yeah, it really yeah, it was. Yeah. The Coral yeah. Cup was like a yeah. scene, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd say it won't be that much different. Like, the racing post, I think they said it was uh, 0.2 seconds before it on slow on the Saturday and 0.3 seconds before it on slow on the Sunday. So that's just kind of, I guess, somewhere between good and good to soft, just on the on the easy side of good. So... Yeah, I, I look. I, I agree with Dara on the, the the job that they did on the ground. I mean, they've been they've been gearing up for the ground for this meeting for a long time. It, for you know, four months as opposed to like on on Tuesday afternoon. So that's good. And you know, Willie Mullins, who had been critical of the ground before, remember the meeting the, a few years ago when every time there was a a break in races, there was a ping and another non runner. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like and look, they've moved on from them, and know from then, and and they did a really good job, as Dara says, and Willie and and Gordon and all the the top guys seem to be more than happy with the ground. So yeah, fair play to them. What was your view, Don, on uh, Goodland? You know, I mean, we only just touched on it. Obviously, doesn't have the Albert Bartlett entry, and you couldn't have run a better um a better race, really. And the Ballymore is there to be shot at, but that Ballymore looks hot now. It does, yeah. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to see. How how the what final field takes shape like Hermes Allen, I suppose we don't know how good he is. Um, just always to have a second look at shallow hurdle winners. It doesn't. It just doesn't seem to be a, a race that produces Ballymore hurdle winners. And you think it really should a, a grade one race run at Newbury on New Year's Eve. It should be, you know, it should be a a, a fertile ground for Ballymore hurdle winners over two and a half miles. But um, look, he could be very good. Empire Pass if he comes here, Gaelic Warrior if he comes here, like who knows where he's going to go, but he could go there as well. Champ Kylie looked really good in winning the Lawless of Nace hurdle there at Nace, obviously uh, in early January, and yeah, in the pocket stepping up and trip maybe. So yeah, look, it's a good land. You you definitely have to put him in the mix now after that performance. You know, we kind of tend to think of the Nathaniel Lacey race as a an Albert Bartlett stepping stone, and it has been in the past, but it's it's two miles six. It's only a furlong longer than the Ballymore, so really mm-hmm. it should be a good stepping stone to the Ballymore as well. And you know, yeah, good land as Barry Connell says, he's got bags of pace. So yeah, yeah, he has to be a player in it as well. He does. I want to ask you a question, and you can be as short as you want with the with the answer, Don, or or you know, e- extrapolate. 
Uh, Gaelic Warrior, obviously, is in the mix now for all of these uh, novice hurdles, potentially. Uh, where would you Where would you send them? Oh, God. Who knows? Like you, can send, <laughs> you can send them anywhere. I prefer send them to a right-handed track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't them. fancy them. You just can't for a Cheltenham grade one, can you? Yeah. Well, like, yeah he's got an engine. Okay. He's got some engine now. Massive. But just that going right. I mean, he couldn't get the job done, albeit his first run in, in UK and Ireland. I get that, but... Off that mark, he couldn't win a Fred Winter doing what he does. It'd be very hard to back him for a Ballymore. Very, very hard. He's going to run in one of them, Dermo, so you'd write him off. Oh, God, yeah. Fair enough. That's good. Yeah. Uh, Don said send him to a right-handed track. Dara? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it is a massive concern. I don't think he did it as much as at Cheltenham last year, and he's definitely not as buzzy. He has a huge engine, but I would be against him uh, on, on, on that basis because you're talking about uh, you know lengths and this is the the best of the best as against someone like Hermes Allen who just gets from one side to the other for a point to point winner his hurdling technique is just phenomenal he gets from one side to the other and as low as possible really quickly now can he do it against the best of the best again we'll find out that's that's what this is about but um he would be making a lot more ground on Gaelic Warrior at every hurdle yeah yeah, it's, it's, it's obvious to see that that's the case. They're going to go somewhere, though, and they decided, obviously, to go for that handicap hurdle at Leopardstown. They could have gone for a Betfair hurdle, but they've gone and, gone and got there. We're now the mark determines that they are going for the big guns, and they're entered in everything. So it's fascinating stuff. Let's talk about um, the, tri- the Triumph hurdle, because um, Lossy Mouth, in not as similar fashion as Facil Vega, but another one of the short ones to let us down um, and then had a very hard race. Another one that Willie Mullins uh, concerned, you know, maybe this will take a lot out of Lossy Mouth trying to come back into it after everything went wrong. Don, what did you think? Does Lossy Mouth get the, uh, the question mark now applied? It was still a massive run to come from where she did in the end, but now do we worry about what mark that might have left? I, I think it's more um, worrying about how, how good she is now. Like, of course she didn't get, the run of the race, as we all know, and she got shuffled back by her owner stroke stable companion. Um, but like at the time watching the race live, I said, look, she's she, I said to person, person I was watching it with, look, she's going to have to have a lot in hand to win now, but she still could have won. Like, like nothing went right in the race. She was forced wide as well around the home turn. She had to make a ground. She had to make a ground into a quickening pace, but she, she got there. And had her chance to win it. Now, the energy that she had to expend in order to get there, of course, that took its toll. But she didn't have enough in hand to win, given that all that's, that went wrong in the race. So, you know, she was a, what, a three to one on shot going into the race. Three to one on shots, by definition, the theory is they have plenty in hand. So even if she'd had the run of the race, she maybe wasn't as superior to her rivals on the day as the market suggested she was. And I, yeah, I think, you know, th- that together with the race that she had, like Blood Destiny, he's, he's looks really very, very good. His two runs have been really, really good. So he comes into it, of course. And um, he's, he's, he was the horse who didn't run in the spring juvenile hurdle. But I think Alan Marceau, I don't think she got the credit that she was due. All the talk afterwards was about Lossie Mouth and she did have the run of the race, but she went and won a race. And yeah, I, I thought in the triumph hurdle picture she could be the one who's just a little bit underrated now yeah 
I, I would agree with you. I think she's still like fives for the race now. Lossie Mal's mm. still um, up there at the top of the market. I mean, Dari, you mentioned that Danny Mullins uh, had a great weekend. This was another one of his very good rides. Yeah, and he's yeah, it, it was. But he's he, even though he he was prominent on Garamar, so he he has become so good from the front or on the pace or judging pace. He 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 is he is the one everyone is talking about now from the sort of flooring porter and just he, he um with Danny, Danny is a guy who was always. Uh, willing to think outside the box and rides his own race and definitely is not a sheep and unbelievably not every jockey does this but he's always out in the track he's always looking around he's always uh, you he's know, got his own um, going stick he brings his own going stick yeah. onto the track phenomenal that's yeah I didn't know cool. yeah that's but that's yeah that's yeah yeah, but that's you know that's that's I I couldn't believe that not every but apparently not every jockey go, goes out there but uh, he does and he's he's riding and and he has been up and down you know from two to three to four over the last five or six years you know we were again talking about Willie's criticism he has number one but that that rating system has changed and it's ruthless and family means nothing but like he he is you know this time twelve months ago Patrick was probably riding the second strings and all the grade ones. Um, like there is no doubt now it's it's Danny and he's delivering. I, I think Don is a little bit hard on Lossie Mouth because like they were ten lengths clear of the third. So I, I think given everything she went through and she lost by two lengths and like shuffled back lengths and lengths and then came around the outside, like I, I think she'd have won. Um and they were ten lengths clear uh, uh, of the third. But like then, as you say, you still look at this pricing differential of seven to four and five to one or whatever, and that probably doesn't add up, particularly given how hard a race they probably both had. But Garland Marceau maybe has a bit more um, progress in the tank as well. So it's very intriguing um, and Blood Destiny, but Blood Destiny has had bloodless wins and um, like Lossie Mouth had up to this. And what we always want to find out is what's there when when the question is asked and, and we won't find out till they turn in um uh, a chat at march but uh you know comfort zone has been there um probably doesn't look as class c but like has been there and certainly has the battling skills and he, he might be an interesting one as 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 a reliable one at sort of the 10 to 1 ish for an each way little pope yep yeah, I like that bit of form, comfort zone, and scriptwriter. I don't think things went to plan for scriptwriter that day, and the two of them are definitely in the mixer here. Demo, are you taking on Lossy Mouth now after the back of the DRF performance? Yeah, I just add on to the Danny Mullins talk. I thought Danny Mullins not letting Paul Townend out as well was another facet of this as well. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he really controlled the whole race, and it said there's no friends in horse racing, and there certainly is not in uh, in grade ones. Um, yeah, Dean, I, I, like she's brilliant. Like I think long term she's the best of these. But you just be worried about everything now with her. Now after that, um, I definitely be be quite happy to take her on. I, I'm with you actually on on scriptwriter. After watching back a lot of the races, I, I thought now I that, convinced you finally. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, he it. was definitely given a bit of a stones yeah. of a ride that day by by uh, Paddy Brennan. Um, yeah, he's a bit of a head case. He he really needs to get there late. He he was there to be fired at. Um. And John Joe Neal Jr. is quite brilliant at those rides. He, he's done it a few times now at Cheltenham. Um, so, yeah, no, definitely scriptwriter. But 
scriptwriter each way. But yeah, it's uh, it's another division that the Dublin Racing Festival has typified because going into Dublin Racing Festival, we had a few moans on here on the race hour about racing not being competitive and a lot of the Cheltenham markets being done. I, I went into the weekend thinking that, you know, Lossie Mount um, and Fasal Vega were definitely going to be two horses who would just stamp their authority on those races and we'd be at the our Cheltenham preview night in a few weeks' time saying, oh, you know, the race is over, but this horse could run well at 12-1. to 1. Now it's a <laughs> yeah. completely open race now. Massively open. Yeah, now, as I brilliant. was alluding to before, Dermo, you have to have an opinion now. Yeah, yeah. I have to go through the fog like, now. Yeah, yeah. like we would have got away with doing a Cheltenham preview night by going, oh, you're supreme. Well, that's easy for Sylvain to move on. And now we actually have to start digging into it, which is going to make it a bit tougher. Uh, no freebies anymore. And we can't, we can't complain when it looks uncompetitive and we're all giving out about it. Then suddenly it becomes competitive. And it goes the other way. We just can't. Do you know what was competitive this weekend? And uh, Don, I'm going to come to you first. You wouldn't find a better Arklefield, talking about novice chasers now, a better Arklefield than we got at the DRF. That was just before the race. If you made a case for any one of them, I would have heard you out for sure. Mm. And after the race, the one I didn't think would win was El Fabiolo. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. It well, was something else, Don. It, it was a great race. And that's, like I appreciate it's another one, another short price favourite that got beaten and therefore rejigs the whole Arkle picture. Lou Lord, the Absolutely. same, rejigged the whole champion chase picture. Uh, Galloping the Champ, even people weren't overly impressed with him. So, you know, Gold Cup pit, well, I know we'll come on to that. But no, it, it, was a, it was a great festival for all of that. And, you know, you kind of, you, you've kind of come out with it. You went into it looking for, confirmation of what you suspected or definitely what the market suspected and you've come out with it all blown wide open so no it's uh yeah. it really makes it so so interesting now the next couple of weeks but uh yeah like the 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 irish arkle it was it was a hell of a race as you say dean um we were just missing john bond we could have run the arkle if we had john bond over but that's what um, it was yeah. yeah yeah but again it was a really fast run race like as as obviously not surprising with dyes dino in the race but again comparing the novice chase with the handicap chase later on now i know the rain came and maybe the ground later on was a wee bit softer than it was but only a little bit if if at all and the novices got from the first fence to the seventh fence seven seconds faster than the handicappers i mean it was it was a phenomenal pace yeah, and you amazing. saw wasn't it and you saw san Juan in behind struggling and he's a fat he's a county hurdle winner who won the, the grade one chase at, at Leopardstown over Christmas, over two miles, over this course and distance. Um, Flame Bear was struggling in behind. And even Banbridge, to an extent, although he ran on really well, he kind of lost tabs on the front three going across the top of the track. So there was no let up. And Al Fabiolo, I mean, he was superb. He traveled. He 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 made a bit of a mistake at the fourth last when Daryl Jacob just went for a long one. It wasn't there. He put in a short one, kind of clipped the top of it. And then the third last... Daryl Jacob, again, saw Longman, asked him, and he put in a shot and he belted it. Like, he must have taken the stuffing out of himself. And I thought that's race over now for, for Alfabiano. But he came back on the bridle, stayed on well, won by 10 lengths in the end. It was a phenomenal performance. And when you, when you factor in, like, he's a very likely race horse. He only had four runs as a novice hurdler last season. And he might have beaten John Bond in the top novices hurdle at entry had he jumped the final flight a wee bit better. His jumping at Fairy House on his chasing debut wasn't good. He belted the second fence up the far side, but then he jumped the next one well. He clouded the second last, but he jumped the last, not not impeccably, but a wee bit better. So he's a horse that even when he makes a mistake, it's it, like it's not affecting his confidence. He's going for he's going for it at the next fence. So 
Um, he's got class. He's got pace. He can lie up. He quickened away from his rivals, and yeah, I, I thought it was a it was a fantastic performance. And he's a he's a big opponent for John Bond, and I'm not surprising to see him kind of join favorite in in, in most lists. Yeah, it could be no surprise because I mean the, the the only really one horse he has to go and prove himself is is the one at the top of that market. I mean, Dara, I mentioned it like you won't get a better field than that, and we were treated to. A wonderful race. We've been giving Danny Mullins a lot of praise here. There probably wasn't much more he could do, but he went some speed on Dice Out Dynamite. <laughs> I mean, but beforehand, genuine like there was excitement as like I was as excited. Yeah, just looking at that field, like as you said, they were all there, Bar John Bond. And and you know, you were talking about Willie's some of Willie's hot pots been beaten and like thank God, like in fairness, you know. Uh, whatever about them all being in the one place or most of them being in the one place. Thank God he ran them so many of them against each other because as a spectacle and, you know, good horses taking each other on. It was fantastic. And this was just a, another example. Um, w- would you be worried? Like you mentioned there, Don, you know, even a few mistakes. I know Daryl Jacob took the blame for the one the other day, but y- you know, again, you don't want too many of them at Cheltenham. Um, and John Bond looks looks really like he was always more of a chaser wasn't he you know coming from the point to point background he he looks like he doesn't do much wrong i know the interesting piece of form is that form uh in um over hurdles when let's face it el fabiola had had one run and one in tremor um but i guess uh john bond had had tried to lie up with constitution hill in, in cheltenham a few weeks before that you know so Again, it's just I don't know was uh, was John Bond at his best that day. He showed a lot of good battling capabilities. But what I do know is that El Fabiolo in an absolute lightning arcle was absolutely sprinting up the line after that. So he has a massive engine. He's loads of toe. Um, appreciated was the disappointment, wasn't he? Um, not too many run at Dublin Racing Festival that have run at that Lawler's day at Nace and, and while it was a, a bit of a race course gallop I, I don't know he just never looked the same horse again uh, and I know Don said is saying basically that I'm wrong on the ground but like I don't I don't think he, he's like all of his form bar once I think when he won that future stars bumper at Punchestown or at, at DRF three years ago there's always been at least soft in in the ground description and uh he also made a t- bad mistake but he was he was he was sending out uh distress signals at that point at the second last but i think he likes to get his his toe in a bit and if it was a bit softer i would still probably prefer to see him in an article but i know i know they're talking probably about a turners now but i, I find it hard to see him beat mighty potter in that but uh el fabiolo and john bon, uh, really something to yeah. look forward to now Absolutely, is something to look forward to. I mean, like demo, would you? Would you, how would you have the pair of them now? We know what Al Fabiolo did there. I guess there's a couple of excuses around pace and cutting each other's throats at the top front, and didn't didn't affect Al Fabiolo. Where would you put Al Fabiolo and John Bond now? Levels. Oh, this is this is brilliant now. Like this is proper. That's right. This is proper England versus Ireland stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, you've got the John Bond camp can say, "Oh yeah, but we beat El Fabiolo last year, and we were over the top." At Cheltenham, whilst yep. the El Fabiolo camp could turn around and say, "Yeah, but we had to go over to Aintree, and 
that was our first big boy run ever and we didn't hit the last properly. And then to which John Bonds camp could turn around and say, yeah, but we jumped every fence properly, brilliantly so far. And then Elfie Abelos camp turned around and go, yeah, exactly. We can improve and we know what we'll do when <laughs> when we hit one. Uh, we don't really know yet. I'd like to see John Bond hit one now in the Kim Maker um, just to make sure we kind of know what he'll do. Um, you know, it's not a great place. Cheltenham's not a good place. And Vialen and a good few other horses have shown that, that you don't want that there. You know, your first mistake over fence to be at Cheltenham. You don't want that to happen. Um, so no harm because we know now that El Fabiolo how, that he'll react brilliantly to making a mistake like that like to stay in that pace after making those mistakes and to bound away like he did that was a monstrous performance I'm still in the John Bond camp uh, I'm actually of the opinion that Willie Mullins won't win a single novice chase at the Shetland Festival um, some statement that Doma I know you've been saying it to me in person but that's some statement I don't think so yeah um I think John Bond is just fanta- a fantastic horse. Um, I think he's brilliant. And I think being beaten by Constitution Hill is no slight in him at all. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, the, 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 the other race, I think uh, the Mighty Potter will win. We'll talk about him shortly. Uh, but yeah, Dean, I, yeah. I just think El Fabiola was brilliant. And it sets up the quintessential thing we all want at the Cheltenham Festival, Ireland versus England. And it's brilliant. The, ba- the battle for the Presbury Cup on the old Black Bright Cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he used to get all sucked into that. Me and you did anyway. We did, we did, we did in our Bepray yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to move on to uh, to Mighty Potter and, of course, a horse that didn't run the DRF but was the same weekend, Jerry Colomb, and talk about them for a turn as in a brown advisory. But before I do, right, this is a question to each one of you. So um, I'm going to focus on two horses here. Appreciate and Bambridge. What races should they go for? Don, I'll ask you first. What race should Appreciate go for? And what race should Bambridge go for? And I know there's a bit of pocket talking here, Don. So you can, you know, you can, you can, you can express that if you want. I think Bambridge should go for the Brown Advisory. That was his chase. This <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. not even entered. <laughs> <laughs> I had him in the four miler, Don. So yeah, I, I, well, uh, I'm, I'm more wrong. I'm think, even more wrong. I think we need to tear that one up, Dean. And that, yeah, that yeah. one's that one's gone. But um, no, I, I think Banbridge is a model now. For, well, I, I still think he'd run a big race in the Brown Advisory because Martin Pipe, the hurdle winners, they, they, yeah. they are stairs. Anyway, that's yeah. not going to happen this year. Um, no, I think the Turners, like the way that he stayed on in the Irish Oracle, he's just got a wee bit of pace. Like he showed all the pace to win the Oracle trial at, at Cheltenham in November, but I just thought he got out pace from the quick. And now, you know, it's no, no, no disgrace to get out pace in that race. Given the pace they went, but but yep. it was a very clever ride by JJ Slevin again. He's a very clever rider, I think, as well. To let, yeah. like he just let them off and then rode him to pick up the pieces. And if El Fabiolo hadn't been so superior to everything, he, he you know he he got up and he beat everything else. So, he would have nicked it, yeah. yeah. Okay, so Bambridge then for the Turners, albeit that then we've we've anti post slips in the <laughs> and appreciate it should go where. I still think the Oracle, yeah. I yeah, I think okay. like he just had an off day. He's got pace. He's a supreme novice hurdle winner. He's a he's a, a, a two mile novice hurdler, and yeah, I okay. think the the only reason you're going for the Turners, if you are, is because he 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 couldn't match El Fabiolo. And yeah. I just think if you subscribe to the notion that it just wasn't quite his day for whatever reason, maybe as Dara says, the race came up quickly. Um, yeah, I I still think that doesn't. He, he he won a bumper over two and a half miles, but I I think he's got two mile pace. Yeah. Oh, he's got plenty of it, and maybe uh, Dara's right. Dara, I mean, you'd still run appreciate in the arc. I think you've alluded that maybe a bit of softer ground, a little bit more of a break. That's the right race, isn't it? I do. I think so. It's just it's not what Willie was saying afterwards, but 
as we know, that can change too. So um, I would hold out hope. I think I just I th- think he never. Now I know Paul. He races lazily. They've said the last two days he raced lazily anyway. But he just didn't even seem like he was enjoying jumping or anything like that to me. And uh, I think he's better than that. Um, he'd have to be go some to be as good as El Fabiolo was, but he's better than that. And I would put him in that. I know he again. He ran the point to point. He was turning in violence point to point. But he's um, given what he's done. Yeah. He's nine is the thing. He's he, he's nine probably. So you sort of need to be making your mind up. But I'd be I'd be going with the Arkle and uh, Bambridge, obviously the the Turners. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. And Demo, do you echo uh, the thoughts here? Uh, no, I'd be going Turners with them both. I just don't think Willie's in Ooh. the position now. In the Turners, particularly, he doesn't really have anything. Uh, so I think appreciate it. Actually, needs to go there for them. Um, in my opinion, they have two fine bullets there. Okay. Fabio and Dysart. So yeah, now we go going to the Turners of Votino. All right. Demo, I'm going to stick with you and uh, let, let's talk about Mighty Potter because on the Dublin Racing Preview uh, night that we did, of course, with the Tote and, uh, and, and Bookmakers, um, you were very, very sweet on Mighty Potter. It was back like he was about to, to go and do the business. Um, boy, he did it. And it still is jumping. Isn't perfect yet, Demo. It's not perfect. No, and he can definitely improve. Like again, I like that. It needs to improve, but God, he just won that race so easily. Um, he really dismissed them again. And we'll talk about Jerry Colomno in a second as well, because Gordon Elliott has all of a sudden got two very, very serious novice novice yeah. chasers. Um, I thought Mighty Potter was just, he was just excellent because at times he, he's just scruffy enough. He was scruffy in the Drinmore as well and dominated it. it. It would be a tiny fear, but he sorts himself out very intelligently that he's going to be fine. When he puts it all together in a performance and, He's into a rhythm. He's going to be devastating because I was talking to Brian Hayes for the bookmakers that cut a UK article and um, Brian Hayes said coming towards the last, he got a little bit giddy for just a split second and adamantly chosen who actually thought Brian gave an absolutely corking ride to him again. Um, and he just said it was just the power in which when he looked across the Mighty Potter was just going away again. He said it, would, it just looked really easy on the winner. Um, I think adamantly chosen it would be in the first three at least. I'd be doing the forecast here again between Mighty Potter and him. Um, yep. better ground is bringing out a, a lot more adamantly chosen and he ties himself into Jerry Cologne now as well who gave another boost to all those form lines Jerry Cologne was again just outstanding I hope he goes because Atkinson was saying about Jerry Cologne after the race Dean that he's not sure whether they'll actually send him to Cheltenham I hope they both do because I think Gordon Elliott has the Turners and the Brown Advisory winners there um, and both of them we watched Jerry Cologne together as well Dean and he can improve a little bit as well he but but again, whatever Gordon's doing with them, very don't... clever though. I thought Jerry Clone was very clever because when they got in short, like the pops he does, just they're, perfect. They're nice yes, jumps. Yeah, and yeah. And Mighty Potter, he's he's out. quite similar. He's meeting them wrong at times, but he's just sorting himself yeah. out. He he doesn't look like coming down if that makes sense. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, and no, I think Gordon has two of them, and then going on to next season, he's two bona fide goal goal cup chances as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would make a lot of sense, uh, Dara. I mean, we can we can talk about them in the same breath. Mighty Potter put. In, a wonderful performance, albeit as an even money favorite. Was expected, obviously, to go and do something uh, a bit good, but there's still more improvement to come there. And Jerry Colomb, I mean, would you see them as a Turner's winner and a Brown Advisory winner right now? Um, I just don't know about Jerry Colomb just by by the vibes and the vibes all year and repeated by the owner, Brian Atchison, immediately after the race. Mm. Now, having said that, I'd say, I'd say they're learning a bit more about him all the time. They, they probably had him pegged as a 
as a real out and out stare and couldn't have it soft enough, you know, maybe even at the beginning of the season. But like, while there was a bit of juice in the ground, it was good to soft, two mile five. You, you know, he was on it and he's, he, he is obviously only getting going and he's definitely a stare and the Brown advisory is the one. But it can be very hard on horses, that race, on novices. And if you are thinking that way, and just the way they have campaigned him, like even, you know, like hurdling was only literally to pass the time. And it, they've been keeping him away from really the, the big guns all the time. And I just have a feeling that they might hold off on him. Um, but, but you know, people can start getting giddy and as they get closer to March and the opportunity is there and he would go off as favourite and deserve to be favourite because, uh, and by the way, it was a brilliant ride by Jordan Gainford too. And it was good, good, well, that, um, good to see him do it and not to panic, you know, when, when, when he's passed, um, knowing what he has under him, but you know, he didn't, he just scrubbed, scrubbed and he knew what was there. And, and, and it was, it, it was an excellent ride. I thought Mighty Potter was the banker of the weekend in, in, in my head. And um, I mean, sure, Davy was only waving at him after the last, really, wasn't he? You know, he and he just absolutely thundered away. He always had that stamp of a chaser about him. If you were looking for, okay, there's the jumping, but again, as 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 Darren said, there he, he never looks like falling. He's um, he, I think his his form is the best form. The Drinmore was the best form before this, and. Um, he did get lit up in Cheltenham last year and ran no race, made a terrible mistake and 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 was minded. But he he went a bit nuts before the race. Now they say mentally he's a completely different horse this year. Uh, Davy said fences has made a man of him, but as we know, you don't really come across those same sort of conditions until you get back there and the noise and going down the shoot and the people every side. And that is the one maybe worry. But other than that, he's he's the right favourite for the race. Whether whoever turns up, Banbridge appreciated. Uh, Sir Gerard, they'll have some job to beat Mighty Potter. In fact, I don't see them beating Mighty Potter. Yeah, very fair. I mean, Donny does look pretty bomb-proof, does the Potter. Yeah, no, he, he's phenomenal, really. Um, like the performance that he put up, on Sunday, it just confirmed all that you kind of suspected of him. And I suppose even <clears throat> like last year, as, as is often the case, we tend to remember Cheltenham, we tend to remember that he didn't perform the Supreme Novices Hurdle, and that's true, but he won the Future Stars Novices Hurdle, and he won the, the Punchestown Novices Hurdle. Like, he, he's a dual grade one winning Novice Hurdler. And then he's even better over fences, his Trinmore performance, where I still thought he looked raw. Like, he, he just just didn't, you know, he was still green. He was out in front from a long way out. He kind of hit, hit his knee off the ground over the fourth last and third last and still went and won doing handsprings and the same again on Sunday. No, he's a, he's a, he's, he's a phenomenal. I mean, you're thinking kind of Gold Cup potential, aren't you? Like, he and Jerry Colomb, providing they all stay sound and well, please God. But... No, he's a he's a he's a fantastic racehorse. But no, I'd agree with Dara. You, you do worry. That's the one niggle you just have in the back of your head, and it may have been for reasons that won't be repeated. Maybe he just got himself screwed up, or whatever reason he just wasn't himself at Cheltenham last last year. And that's the only thing when you're talking about a favourite for a race. That's the only thing that would just be in the back of your mind. But hopefully, it's nothing that he'll remember, and hopefully, it's nothing that's going to affect his performance because. Um, no, he's a he's, he looks like a potential superstar, and Jerry Colomb likewise. Like I, I thought Sandan two and a half miles, good to soft ground. I thought that was all against him, but he did really, really well to win, and he'll be even better 
when he goes back up and trip and when he gets on maybe even better or softer ground. But he proved that he could handle good to soft ground at Sandown. So that was a that was a big thing, I thought, in his favour that he could do that and, and keep on well. To beat a good horse in Balco Coastal. Like that was a, it was a good performance. Um and yeah, look it's they were talking National Hunt Chase, weren't they? But he's not qualified now. You have to finish first, second, third or fourth right. in a in a yeah. three mile chase, don't you? Before going for yeah. National Hunt Chase. So he's not qualified it's, now. It's, it's brown advisory will stay at home and yeah. wait. And um, yeah, I'd say he's more likely to go now after that. because You'd find it hard to leave him at home, wouldn't you? It'd be hard to yeah. leave him at home. Yeah, I'd yeah, say, I yeah, so. why not? Yeah, I mean, provided there's no extremes of ground yeah. hunting there. I think that would make sense. I mean, you are always going to get one or two horses at Chantler Festival that will boil over for any reason or the ground goes wrong and things like that. But, you know, it's only on once a year. And if you've got a horse that's in good form and happy and healthy, um, it's it's hard not to go. Look, we're going to take a very quick break here on the race hour. When we come back, we're going to chat about uh, Galloping de Champs, is he the Gold Cup winner in waiting, and the state of the champion hurdle. And a pun was intended. We'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-off offers in the industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk, sponsors of the Race Hour. Okay, and welcome back to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course the totes all the way through the national hunt season. I've got Dara Grahor, I've got Don McLean, I've got Dermot Nolan and we've been talking about the DRF with a view to the Cheltenham Festival. There is the next port of call, of course, is the mighty uh, Galopin Deschamps. Uh, is this now the Gold Cup winner in waiting? That's how it's been posed to me. That's how I'm posing it to you. Um, yeah, everything's in favour for this run, Don. Three miles around Leperstown. I mean, that's if you could design a race for Galloping de Champs. It's that, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I've kind of changed my mind a wee bit on him. I like during the race, watching the race, I didn't think he was travelling like a, a three to one on shot should be travelling. Not that he wasn't travelling okay. bad, or that he was travelling bad. It's just that he wasn't travelling much better than many of his rivals. But they went they went no pace the time of the race was very slow uh it wouldn't have suited him at all and like the fact that the big dog was right up there he actually picked up in front at the second last fence like a Troy Town chase winner a Munster national winner a, a Welsh national placed and a very good horse the big dog but I suppose the fact that he, he's, he's a snare the fact that he was as close up as he was at the second last fence that tells you how, how slowly they went and I thought Gallop in the champ did well to quicken up as well as he did and win by eight lengths in the end. So I, I thought he, he, like, I was surprised then that they pushed him out. Some some bookmakers pushed him out, but then one or two of them cut him back in again. So I I, I don't think that he his, his chance of winning the Gold Cup has disimproved as a result of Saturday's run. I thought he probably enhanced his claims a little bit. For all that, I thought he was short enough going into going into the race. Like he was, he was what a six to four shot for the Gold Cup before Saturday's race, and that's that's very short anyway in, in any language. But look, he's he's the he's the deserving favourite. He's a really exciting horse. He'd be unbeaten over fences if he stood up in the Turners last season, and he's got pace. He's got Cheltenham Festival winning form, and yeah, I like I, as Willie Mullins was saying, he's won a three mile Grade One hurdle. I I think you know stamina while. We don't know that he's going to get an extended three and a quarter miles. Look, there's no reason to think that he won't get it. Yep, fair enough. I mean, 
Dara, he is effectively an unbeaten horse by that blip. Um, um, obviously, with Bob Ollinger at Cheltenham last year, he just answers questions put in front of him. Um, he does have a little bit to prove, but is he the Gold Cup winner in waiting? I don't think he's the Gold Cup winner in waiting, and that's not to say he won't win it. But like, it's 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 too good a race sure. to say that. And um, and I suppose, yeah, like, listen, the point is well made. He won a three mile. Uh, grade one, uh, not a uh, hurdle, and uh, um, as Willie said, if you can do that over hurdles, the chasing is less of a test. But you know, the Cheltenham three and a quarter is a different test, and we've seen it so many times them stopping after the last. Uh, uh and I know Galloping the Shop is a classy or probably horse and jacket, um, who, who came from the same stable, but as a I was saying it to a couple of people. Jack and Anne would have at least one Gold Cup and maybe two if it was three miles and one furlong and not three miles and two furlongs. It does, you know, and until they do it... Yeah, 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 yeah. Like until they do it, when they're that short, whereas, like, like Noble Yates, for argument's sake, is, is tracking along the perfect way without winning races. But his run, the last day, you were talking about slow run race for a stare um, and the way he stays... I mean, I'd way prefer that if I knew what condition that blue tower was in. I mean, he, he the way he sprinted up that hill last year. Can Gallop and Deschamps do that? I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to back him at 6-4 or 7-4 to find out. So he's definitely not a moral. And, uh, but he did what he had to do. And what he did was he battled and he, he came in between horses to jump the last. And while Fury Road would be going backwards at that stage anyway... You know, he, he is a brave horse. He is a gutsy horse. We know he has that bit of class. He has now learned to drop the bit. So everything is, is going for him. Very fair. Very fair. Demo, I know already um, that me and you are going to take this on. And a bit like Dara suggests there, probably just going to take him on because of the price he is. There's nothing sexy in the odds at the minute, even though uh, we could have argued he might have been odds on had he destroyed this field at the weekend. He didn't do enough to do that. Um, but we're going to take him on, Demo, aren't we? We're going to. Yeah, oh God, of course. Look, I'm still happy with Statler. I think if we get... Um, Brian Hayes says something very interesting today, actually. It's on the bookmakers. I could have again. Article... Uh, Brian Hayes said that you probably need a Denman 2008 type pace really for Statler to um to really become a force de jour in it. Um, and okay, I, I agree with that actually. Statler just looked lost at the end there without that pace. He he just couldn't quicken. Like I, I think the pace was a joke. Um, there was a complete lack of it, and I just think Gallopin picked up from it. Saying that though, my first impression after the race was that Gallopin didn't hit the line that hard. He hit the line very hard, Dean. Um, mm. and it took him a while to pull up afterwards I'd say he stays alright and he could be a bit of a freak I'm happy to take him on per se with an each way bet on Statler as I've been on Statler all season um, but yeah I'm st- I, I'm more of a believer in Gallup and Deschamps weirdly it shows how much of a weirdo I am Dean that, that the market went the other way and I flipped, flipped, <laughs> flipped the opposite um, <laughs> yeah. but um I t- I was a I'm a bit more of a believer in him now after that performance. He'd have to do it in the Gold Cup before I'd be um, talking him up as that. But I Statler's my Gold Cup horse team. But I'm starting to see what other people see in Gallop in the shops. Yeah, it's not hard, and he's a very impressive horse. But he he's gonna have to be a freak to keep going and then go and do it at this Cheltenham thing. And he could well be. He's now not quite priced like a freak. I mean, seven to four. Some people might argue that's value. Do you know what? If he goes and wins it, many people will argue exactly that. Um, let's talk about the, the champion hurdle. Um, 
Can State Man trouble Constitution Hill? Did we see enough at the weekend to say that Constitution Hill has a proper rival now? Honeysuckle is, I would argue, running 10 pounds, maybe slightly more below her best, but still good. Uh, Dara, can State Man bridge the gap to Constitution Hill? He's a good horse, but I find it hard to see it. Um, I would mark him up probably for for the the weekend in that I think ideally uh, he wouldn't be making the running for argument's sake. Um, I'm I'm on in, in Cheltenham. That's true. Um, you know, but but uh, he, he his jumping is getting better all the time. He, he did accelerate way he couldn't do any more, and he probably probably could have won a bit by a bit more even you know if he if he'd have wanted to um the intriguing thing for me is like you know because constitution hill does look like a freak in that trying to win the race a state man and paul town and, and those will be and maybe i'm doing him a horrendous disservice but if you're trying to go with him and you can't go that you know he, he would fold and would he even be second or third and i'm going to be having a look at sort of a place options in that race and ruling him out in that weird sort of context of him trying to go when Nico decides they're not going quick enough at whatever stage he decides from about a mile on inwards um, and he revs up and revs up like they did last year and like he does all the time and if Stateman can't go with him and blows up I'll be looking at something else to come in and get second or third, but as regards beating him, I can't see it. I can't see it, and he's a good horse. But I think Constitution Hill is just uh, is different. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I, I, mean, I, I sorry, I could say more, and it sounds very simplistic, but like that's I just can't see him beating Constitution Hill, and um, and I think he's a very good horse. But I, I, and clearly he was some moral in in the county last year, but. Um, I can't see him. Uh, I can't see him beating Constitution Hill. No, no, no. And I'd echo that for pretty much everything you said there. That we're de- we're dealing with one extra terrestrial and uh, one very good horse, Don McLean. Yeah, I think that's. I think Stateman's probably unlucky. But it's the how many runners are going to be in the Champion Hurdle this year? Constitution Hill will run. Stateman will run. Vauban will probably run. Epitan she'll go on the Mary's Hurdle just to be supplemented. Echoes and Rain yeah. probably go on the Mare's Hurdle. Honeysuckle, Mare's Hurdle. Love and what? Mare's Hurdle. Yeah. Uh, four. <laughs> you know, it's going to be a small field. Yeah. There goes my each way. Yeah. Yeah. It does look that way. But no, do, yeah. it, do it now, Dara. You, you get the first yeah, three. Get it. You, have, you have to do it now, yeah, and make sure you get the three because there's six or seven of that top ten and not There, there could be fewer than eight runners in the champion hurdle this season. I like to move Don, it, so it's probably the one, is he? I was, that's, this is just what I was going to say, Demo, is I'm going to have a few quid and I like to move it. Pi Piper will run, you think, wouldn't he? Yeah, maybe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, grand, yeah fair enough. Um, yeah, you're right, Don. I mean, nothing can get to Constitution Hill, though, can it? Albeit, State Man looks good. Yeah, I, like, I think that's it, isn't it? Like, State Man is a... Is a I think in, in, in an ordinary year, he'd be a worthy champion hurdle favourite. He'd be a worthy champion hurdle winner. He's improving. Like his jumping his jumping on Sunday compared to his jumping in the Morgana hurdle was like a different horse. He was just so slick yeah. and fast and maybe enjoyed being out in front. So that's another string. Like he can lead now. We know that. And, you know, fair play to Paul Tennant for kicking him out and, and, and just riding him with lots of confidence. Um, I thought Honeysuckle, look, it was... 
you just kind of hoped the whole way around. But once they jumped the third last, you could see Rachel was just niggling her along a wee bit. Landed over the second last, he had to get down and ride her. And Paul Tyner was still motionless on state man's. And I actually thought she stuck on well. She was really gritty to get on and hold on for, for second place in front of Vauban. She was so gutsy in game and she got a really nice reception when she came back in. So um, that was a pity. But no, state man was just very, very good. He won with lots in hand. He can probably improve again. He's only six, same age as Constitution Hill. He's a, he's a, he's a Chatham Festival winner. <laughs> same as Constitution Hill. He doesn't. He, he's got a lot of cards, but he doesn't have any cards that Constitution Hill doesn't have. So that's a problem. Yeah. But look, he's a, it, it's good that he's there. He's on an upward curve. He's a, he's he's definitely an opponent for Constitution Hill, and that's a good thing. Yes, that is a good thing because at least there's something there that doesn't deserve to be double figures against Constitution Hill. Statement's there around three to one, seven to two, um, for the champion hurdle. Now, um, I, I'm going to get this off my chest. Honeysuckle now is uh, supposedly going to be trained for a mare's hurdle, which will make the mare's hurdle super fascinating. If you get Marie's Rock, uh, Brandy Love, Epitant Love, Envoy, Echoes in Rain, Honeysuckle, what a race that is. But she should be in the champion hurdle, Dermot Nolan. She should be in the champion hurdle. Why are they doing this? I wouldn't have her in a champion hurdle now, no. I, like, I think she, she'd go, if it was up to me, I'd probably go and hold on for the punches on champion hurdle. Um, I don't see the... the I don't see the value in going for the mayor's hurdle, but again, then as a spectacle, still look, it is the premier mayor's race of the season. She's not good enough to win the champion hurdle. Um, I think she should go and defend her crown. If it's her last run, let her go and finish third in the champion hurdle. If there's only four runners, like what, what harm can it do? She goes out. Like, I don't think there's any merit in, uh, any look, I got it off my chest. I no, no, as I agree, like I wouldn't go for either of them. No, I think she was very put in her place by state man. I don't see sure. the defending claim. because She's not going to defend it. Um, but I wouldn't be going to tell him at all. But I can see the value. Look, the mayor's hurdle is there because the 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 mayor's division need need races like this. I can see from the the owner's point of view to get one big send off like that is lovely, aesthetically and emotionally and everything else. It'll be a lovely day. The 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 racing punters, although the English punters don't seem to realise how much she's adored here in Ireland. Like my mother would know who Honeysuckle is, and she wouldn't sure. she wouldn't know racing yeah. at all. Um, so yeah. I'd have the swan song at a track like Punchestown, maybe not Cheltenham, but I understand why they're they're doing it but yeah i would just be missing chatham altogether dean and um you know she's she's done enough will you back her in the mayor's dammit uh no actually i i she was she, she uh, it was an rpr run 140 something um it wasn't high yeah. no and like like epiton's probably putting up higher figures this year i think marie's rock they'll they'll do the common sense thing with her and go to the stairs hurdle but the um, she could make that market now in a way. Like I adore her; she's been unbelievable. But I don't know; she's she's definitely waning, Dean, isn't she? Sadly, she is, and um, I think that you know that's okay. She's been wonderful, and it's just the way that it is. You know, age catches up, and uh, mares can you know go off the boil. There's no yeah, there's no, there's no disgrace in this. I, I would have liked to have seen her um, retired um, after that, or like you say, keep her for one home uh, swan song rather than go and. I don't know, mess up a mare's hurdle. Am I am I wrong, Don? The mare's hurdle is going to be fascinating with all these good ones in it, in fairness. Yeah, look, I, I can see why, uh, for sure. And, like, you just love her to go and win it now. And, that would, and you know, the build-up will be good, and she's so good for yeah, racing. Yeah. There'll be lots of talk about her and Rachel. You know, it, it'll be... I think it's nice. You just want a good end to it then. You know, you'd, you'd want to see her go. And it's going to be a good mare's hurdle. Like, if even if Marie's Rock doesn't run, like Brandy Love, if she's right, going left-handed... Love was a good mare because in rain looks like she's going to go there. 
So, you know, it's, it's going to be a good mare's hurdle. So she's going to have to be good honeysuckle to win it. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, you'd love to see her going and winning it now. That's that's just, you know, fingers crossed she can go and do. And the thing you're going to hate to see is her finishing third or something. Yeah, well, that's the, see, that's the thing. It's very easy to go, oh, wouldn't it be great? And I'm in that camp too, but like it could be, it could be flat then if, you know, and it is a really good race. It's a really strong race. I, I, I don't think there's, a, yeah, well, there isn't a guarantee. And in fairness, they have said that themselves. There isn't a guarantee. No. I, I don't know what they're thinking, but I know they're thinking with the horse in mind. Um, And I suppose they're saying she won't win the champion hurdle. She might win this. Um, I probably would have called it quits in the, in the parade ring maybe yesterday. But like that's, Again, that's easy for me to say. I don't own her and I don't train her. And um, I doubt there's yeah. anyone loves her or cares for her more than Henry de Bromhead and Kenny Alexander. So, you know, I respect their decision and their right to make the decision. And I know people love to get all hot and bothered and get the pitchforks out and everything. But, you know, when it's all done and dusted, she'll have been a Jewel Chapman Harder winner. She's at least won there three times. And, um, She's been fantastic, and as you say, she's just not as quick as she used to be. The heart is there. Unlike a lot of mares, she hasn't, you know, a lot of race mares, when they pack it in, they absolutely pack it in, you know, very quickly. It's her heart has has um probably, you know, kept her in training because she wants to fight, but just the legs don't go as quickly as they used to. No shame in that. Yeah. No, none at all. That's very fair. Okay, look, let's wrap up on the uh, on the DRF. Was there any horse you wanted to mention from any of the other races that caught your eye over the DRF that listeners should take away with them for whatever target it might be? Dermo, you must have one or two for me. Uh, yeah, two. First of all, a dream to share was absolutely brilliant. Uh, doesn't seem to get the hasn't seemed to got the praise that it deserves market wise. Anyway, I know it's for me. It is a very strong favorite, but Jesus, that was that was some performance. Um, uh, absolutely brilliant. Just, just so easy. Bound away. And the other, a serious eye catcher was I thought was Bally Adam, um, who ran a huge race in the county hurdle last year as well to be fifth. Could go off a massive price. We'll, we'll get into one of the handicaps. I nearly tried to Coral Cup or something like that. And bounding from the back of the field, uh, Bally Adam is a frustrating horse, but very, very talented. And that's fifth now in a county hurdle and fourth in a major hurdle of punches down. I just think put that horse up a few furlongs and. Uh, you could have a serious chance of, of a big price. So, Bally Adam, in a decent handicap hurdle somewhere, Dean, but I thought a dream to share. I don't get too excited about the bumpers generally, uh, but I think we saw the, uh, the champion bumper winner. Yeah, could well have done, could well have done. And I did throw Bally Adam, I think I got laughed at by Stephen Cass, throwing Bally Adam into <laughs> you the did, you did. race. <laughs> um, you know, uh, maybe, maybe I'm right now and again, not very often. Uh, Don, anything else from the DRF that we should uh, flag up? Yeah, lots, and I still haven't gone through all yet. Uh, gentleman to me, yeah, gentleman to me, of course. Like, he was, he was very like I know he had things in his favor, and maybe the favorite underperformed. He had a spring ground and spring weather, and a you know good flat track, and his jumping was superb. He might not, we we don't know that it can reproduce at a Cheltenham, but he was so good at entry, there was always a chance that once the spring came around, he could do something like that. So he was very good, and yeah, he like he could be a champion chess contender now. Um, that Grange Walk was travelling well when he came down. That Liberty Dance ran well. She stayed on well from behind. Uh, now that now where or when 
was in behind at the start. And a few others that will appear on bookmakers.co.uk later in the week. <laughs> yes, the horses to follow column uh, is in production, it sounds like, which Most is why likely, I like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So that, that'll be on its way. I was going to throw Liberty Dance into the mix. I think a lot of people might just give up on that one after that, but I don't. I wouldn't suggest you do so. I would suggest you take that one forward, uh, Dara. Yeah, this sounds like easy, but my two have been mentioned. Um, Liberty Dance was a big eye catcher for me. Yeah, that's fine. That, that mare's handicap hurdle um, was it two years ago? Produced three Cheltenham winners, and uh, it's a race that. Uh, Gordon Elliott has targeted with sort of horses that he rates as graded horses on the way to like Party Central last year, Black Tears, uh, two years, uh, they, they won it two of the last. She was carrying 11 stone nine, it just but it was a lovely run. Um, it would and it would be some, um, well, Jack might be back, but wouldn't it be some quiz question if if she was to win Mayor's Novices with Davy on, uh, after being Davy's last ride when he retired in Torless? After winning on her, um, that'd be fairly amazing. Um, Bally Adam is the other because that was a huge run. He, he, he. I know Henry de Brom had thought he had him spot on for the Galway hurdle, um, and he, he, he got injured, you know, and that was the reason for that, and that's the reason why he was as big as he was. But he had a good time off, and that was a huge run, first run back from the summer, um. There's definitely big pots in him, and uh, it could happen next month. Yeah, yeah, I'm on that train too. I think yeah, it's nice yeah. to hear us all uh, co- concur about something along uh, those lines with Bally Adam. Fair enough. All right, left field question for you. Yeah, Before it just sounds like I'm cogging everyone. I thoroughly though. enjoyed this. But uh, the Betfair hurdle. No, 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 no. It's fine, Darren. <laughs> we know. That's, that's unfortunate because the order that we came in, it could have gone to you first. You could have made them all look like stooges in behind. Like, you know, it's just the way that it goes. I let someone else be the Danny Mullins there. So you got you got run over. Um, yeah, look, this weekend is the Betfair hurdle. If you'd have asked me this, if you'd asked me this two weeks ago, Gaelic Warrior was going to win that. He's not in it now. So, Don, you've got the winner, I think. Yeah, well, I don't have the winner, but I've a horse that will have been on bookmakers that. Code at UK a few <laughs> weeks ago, I think. First called Dear Mark yes. has been pretty well back this morning or this afternoon for the Betfair Hurdle. I'm, I'm a wee bit worried about his jumping. He doesn't jump as slickly as maybe he should, but that he's getting better with experience. And if the ground was like his, his, his two good runs have been on soft ground, I just he, he won with an awful lot in hand at Kempton the last day. He only won by a length and a half in the end, but he won with plenty in hand. He only got six pounds for it. It wasn't certain he was going to get into it, but he's got in now with 10 stone one. And Sam Thomas is a very, very astute trainer. So uh, he, if there's a wee bit of rain, he'd probably want a wee bit of a cut in the ground. I'm currently giving it good, but a little bit of rain. And yeah, he could run well. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this horse and Sam Thomas as a trainer. And dear Mark, was uh, eye-catching enough, actually. In a few runs, I thought he ran really well behind Fenner's Cross, gone all the way back uh, to October. But yeah, hit the ground running at Hereford and Kempton. Since Dara, the winner of the Betfair Hurdle, you may as well throw one at us. Yeah, I'm I'm going for the first Irish trained winner since 2005, uh, Colonel Mustard. Um, good festival form last year as a novice hurdler. Uh, it was only three lengths off State Man in the county hurdle, um, and a length and three quarters behind First Street, who was who was second. Uh, when chasing this year, been been um, was fourth and then was second, 19 lengths behind uh, one El Fabiolo. Um, that was in January. He obviously didn't even see him, but but he he hasn't run since, and it's very interesting <laughs> that they are, they are targeting this and, and coming back to it. And 
particularly if First Street, you know, stays in and um, he, he doesn't have to take a hike. Um, I think he'd have a very, very good chance. He's, I think he's in there in around 10 to 1 at the moment. And um, I'd, I'd like him. And um, particularly, I, I, it'll be interesting who would ride. Would someone like Kieran Buckley take a few pounds off as well? Would um, only add to my excitement. Like that, like that. Kieran Buckley would make sense there because he's going to have to carry probably 11 stone five and maybe a little bit more. So that would make sense. Demo, what one do you like in the bet for Hurdle? Uh, Gin Coco, Dean, for... Harry Fry um, ran over now twice in two big handicap hurdles, but once by I like to move it, once by Broom, Broomfield Hall of a mark of 135, there's definitely a massive race like this in him. And of um, six to one, 11 to two best price out there. I think he's, uh, he's like the world of stopping, I think. Yep, I do appreciate that all three of you have done your best to find the winner of the Betfair Hurdle, one of the most competitive <laughs> races, of course, coming up uh, this weekend. Um, you're all incorrect, though, because Icare Allen's going to take some beating, I think, if it turns up for Willie Mullins, which is how I like to end the podcast. Um, let, let, let's find out. It's not too far away. Look, really enjoyed that. Derek Rahor, Don McLean and Dermot Nolan, thank you for being part of this DRF review on the Race Hour, of course, brought to you with our friends at thetote.co.uk. Uh, we'll be back uh, later on in the week, myself and Dermo, to go after some of those tote guaranteed play spots and things and uh, we look forward to doing that but for now my thanks to everyone thanks so much <laughs>